Thank you, everybody. Good to see you all. Thank you to uh, Aaron and Jess and all the leaders at camp. Um, what an amazing week. Ash and I had the privilege of going up there on Tuesday night and Wednesday and just great to be with you guys. You've got some awesome kids. Really, really do. And, um, you know, before we get into it, uh, a couple of updates I want to give you. First off, last week we took up a, a, an offering for our friends uh, at Bethel Church to sow into Reading, uh, the city of Reading and Shasta County that have been really badly impacted by the car fire. Um, I think they said 1,100 homes are destroyed. And um, I just want to say, we want to say thank you for being yeah. an incredibly generous church family. We were able to send this week after that offering uh, $35,000. Woohoo! Come on. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, Bethel's heart is to give $1,000 to each um, each person that's lost their home. And, you know, but, and London were able to give, I think, 17,000, Catch the Fire London, and then Catch the Fire World we gave. And in total, we've actually, this last week, from what we've been aware of, been able to help 62 households, wow. um, which has been amazing. So God is good. So thank you, guys. Thank you for your generosity. The other thing, uh, parents, uh, if you've got children and children's ministry, we're really excited to let you know that on Wednesday, our new children's pastor, Susan, comes into town. Uh, she moves here on Wednesday and starts next Sunday. So thank you, Jesus. Um, that's really good. And, you know, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody over the summer who have been helping with kids' work and oh, and beyond. You know, it's just, we really value and appreciate you. You so. don't have to stop, by the way. You can yeah. still keep helping. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we've, we're going to, Ash and I are going to do a, a, a tag team preach this morning. Um, we're going to give it our best shot anyway. And, um, you know, we're in this, we started, I started this uh, uh, series last week on relationships. And um, there's this passion in our hearts that, that, that Jesus' mission wasn't just to bring us into family with him, but to bring us to be family together. And Jesus says in John 13, verse 33 and, or 34 and 35, he says that people will know that you're my disciples because of your love one for another. And, um, and then he goes on to say in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, in verse 20 to 23, he's basically, he prays that we would be one, just like the Father and the Son are one together, that we would be one in Jesus together, that we would demonstrate to the earth that Jesus loves us, that the Father loves us, that Jesus has been sent uh, by the Father, and it's our joy and our honor through our life in the, of love and togetherness in this community to express the reality of God's love to the world, to the world. And so it's so important that we have, you know, really healthy and deep relationships and that we live being, you know, being loved. So, um, so we're going to take it a little further this morning. Yeah. So, so springing off what Murray started last week, um, we, we wanted to talk a little bit today about the power of vulnerability that leads to intimacy. So the invitation for intimacy, but the way to intimacy is, is through vulnerability. And so we're going to share a little bit about that today. And, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit is going to just kind of peel back some layers in our hearts and, and bring us to deeper levels of intimacy with Him and you know, open up ourselves to be a little bit more vulnerable with him and also with each other in the community. And um, you might say, well, why is intimacy the goal? And as Murray said, the, 
the Father, our our heavenly Dad, who's a really good Dad, yeah. He is all about community, all about family. We have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and and His desire was to share that Him share the family with us, to invite us into the family, for us to belong to him and for him to create us to be the objects of his affection and part of the family. So families thrive when they're, when they're relating from a place of intimacy. And so intimacy is really important. So the, the father wants us to know that we belong firstly to him and then secondly to each other in his family. He wants us to he, he wants us to understand that we were created for loving relationships that are ever deepening and that that th- these relationships are meaningful and there's a, a giving and a receiving of love in relationship. And he wants us to know that we're we're part we're not just kind of isolated and by ourselves. You know, he wants us to experience his absolutely lavish um, love for ourselves, but he also wants us to experience his love together and share his love with each other. And so he wants us to know that it's not just us and him, but it's us, all y'all and him. It's all of us. So we're, we're part of something bigger because when we understand we're part of something bigger, it gives us purpose. It, it gives us kind of purpose to to kind of keep going. And intimacy creates freedom. It enables us to be secure in our identity as his sons. You know, the Father wants us to so know who we are, to so understand and, and see his eyes of love and to see ourselves through his eyes of love and to, to really get it so that we can... Um, be secure as his sons and daughters. And it, the intimate relationship with him allows us to, to really be seen and to see him. And so it creates freedom for us. And as I said just now, there's not just the, the, our relationship with the Father, but there's our relationship together. There's a community dynamic that is really important that of, of intimacy and relational connection that the Father wants us to experience so that we can be totally free and unhindered. Unhindered, not held back by our past. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they, they sinned and they they felt ashamed, they wanted to hide and they they, they, they didn't feel very creative anymore or they couldn't see themselves as the Father saw them, but they saw themselves through tainted um, lenses. And the Father, he wants to rip off that shame and, and pour out his love and to, to, for us to experience that face-to-face relationship with him, this side of heaven, because he wants us not to be trapped in our past, always looking over our shoulder, but actually to be living in the unlimited potential of everything that Jesus won for on the cross. And that comes through intimacy. And it's an exciting opportunity. So it leads us to greater freedom. And the the other thing is, is that the world is looking, as Murray said, you know, that the world would see that that we are one with the Father, that we're one with each other. The world is looking at us. and and, And so he wants to demonstrate his love as people look at our lives and the way that we experience his love and share his love with each other, that they would, that, that they would be 
um, stirred to jealousy in the sense of, gosh, who is it that loves you like that? How can I experience that love? Yeah, so, you know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, Genesis chapter 2, the thing that the Father wanted us to know about their relationship is that they were naked and had no shame. That's all that he really wanted us to know. And what, what, that, what does that really mean? That means that, that actually they had deep intimacy where there was nothing hidden. They were, you know, intimacy is actually about knowing and being known. You know, that actually, you know, that you could, one of the descriptions I've heard of intimacy is into me you see. You know, that you, that I lay, I'm open to being explored by you. I'm open for you to come and, and, and find out all, of, all about me and you can see into me. And likewise, for have a, to having a good relationship actually requires you to know and experience the other in all of their fullness. And Adam and Eve were known, um, you know, they were, they were intimate, they were transparent, they were open. And, and the, the thing about true intimacy is that it requires us to be vulnerable. You know, as Ash said, you know, Adam and Eve's response was to hide. What does they do? They, well, they close themselves off to God and, and actually close themselves off to each other. The mission of Jesus is to come and reestablish our relationship with God and to open up that relationship and then to, to, to let it sort of manifest itself in our lives. You know, and so my own story with intimacy and, vul- and vulnerability is it's one that I haven't necessarily been really good at all of my life. In fact, the journey that the Father's had me on is, is progressively healing me from the effects of, of my childhood, of my upbringing, of all the world that's, all the things that the world has put on me that say that you, you have to be closed off, that, you're, that you have to be strong, that you, you can't let other people see what you're really like because they might reject you. All of those things that have been there that that the Father's been progressively healing me from. And really, when we're talking about intimacy or, and uh, the vulnerability, it's actually about ex- emotional exposure. It's actually about saying, this is who I am. This is what's going on on the inside of me, opening up to others with our emotions, opening up to others with our needs, our struggles, our joys, and all of that. You know, not that you know, when we were first married, you know, Ash, Ash had to dig quite deeply for my, my emotion. Sometimes I, didn't, I don't even know what I'm thinking, right? So, you know, I need some help. Sometimes uh, I would prod rather so, yeah, than dig. The prodding wasn't always very helpful, but it generally, you know, it, it kind of, it, it, it got there, you know, it, because my standard response at the beginning was, you know, she could see I would be upset and, and, and how are you? And my response would be fine. You know, experience that. You know, we, we actually say that fine is feeling insecure, neurotic and emotional. I just can't tell you that. So really? Are you fine? Yeah. So, you know, so the journey for, for me, and, and, and we'll talk about blockages in a minute, but the journey for me has been learning to, to a, you know, to tune into what's going on and to allow others in my, into my life to see what I'm dealing with and, and to allow myself to be open and vulnerable with other people, to be transparent, to say, I need you. I don't have all the answers. And, and, you know, but there's risk involved in that, right? You know, a guy telling a girl, I really like you, has a certain level of risk to it that basically, the, a, a risk of rejection, the possibility that the girl will say, well, I don't like you, and he gets hurt. You know, maybe there's, uh, you know, there's a risk when you ask for help. So you're, maybe you're struggling with something and you ask for somebody to help you overcome that, uh, that uh, you know, a pain or hurt in your life, for instance, and there's a possibility that they will let you down. 
there's a, a possibility that you may fail if you step out to do something. There's a, there's a possibility that you will fail and you won't achieve that goal. That, that requires a level of vulnerability, but that vulnerability comes with a, a certain risk that actually causes us to want to step back. A level of uncertainty about how, what's the outcome going to be, how other people are going to respond, and actually requires courage. Really requires courage to let go of the need to control. I've, I've, I didn't realize I was quite so controlling, but the more I get older, the more I realize I am actually quite controlling. You know, we go, we, we joke part of that, you know, we, we went on vacation to Florida and it's a, what, 11 hour drive and I drove the whole way. Even though we have four drivers in the car, Ash and three other, you know, three, three girls, two, 20, you know, two in their 20s, one in their, uh, you know, 18, but I'm still gonna drive the whole way. Why? Because I'm controlling. <laughs> I want to preserve the outcome, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and requires, I'm a good driver too. <laughs> she is. And, you know, any of you that have, have had teenagers that have learned how to drive, it requires a certain level of courage, right? Yeah, and letting go of control. Of letting go of control. <laughs> but actually taking the risk to open up and to be vulnerable and to have the possibility that you may get hurt or be let down or fail, you know, and, and that doesn't just apply to us and each other, but that actually also applies to God and us as well. So, you know, just recently, Ash and I, we've been um, back in the late last year, we had a, uh, some money that came from, from England um, from a, a family farm and inheritance that my mum and dad were very generous towards us in, in releasing to us. Uh, and so we had got lots of advice prior to that, uh, prior to the end of the year about how to treat it and how the tax implications and all of that kind of stuff. So submitted my tax return thinking it was all good. And then when we were on vacation in Florida, um, I get a letter, actually just before, um, get a letter from the IRS saying, um, we don't think you've done this right, sort it out or else we're going to find you up to $10,000 and 10% or whatever it was. And we were like, nightmare. You know, in that moment, my good religious upbringing, my, my, my thought of I have to have this all religious together, performance, religious yeah. performance says, okay, I've got to be strong. Don't worry. Worry is just fear from, you know, worrying about today, what might never happen tomorrow. So, you know, be strong, be, you know, be firm and, you know, you know, just, just put it down and make sure that, you know, you're going to be okay because God's good, God's good, God's good, God's good. You know, do you ever experience that? The problem is that you leak. So Ash is picking it up. You know, she's like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Now really, you know, let's, you know, and, but you I seem but, a little stressed. You know, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like, because all of a sudden I'm faced with a reality as I start doing some research. I'm former, well, currently an accountant as well as formerly an accountant. And so I like to do the research and I hate tax and, you know, most people do, right? But I'm, the more I'm reading, the more I'm thinking, oh my word, I'm going to have to pay tax in England, which I already have done. And then I have to pay, going to have to pay tax in America. And this is going to be a nightmare and I've spent all the money and I don't know what I'm going to do and blah, 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 blah. You know, all these things that, that, that go on now. Before I forget the end of the story, um, it looks like it's going to be fine because they, anyway, you know, they take the tax I paid in England should apply to the tax I paid here. So I'm going to be, we're going to be fine. But in the moment, I'm Thank like, you, Jesus. Ah, I'm so stressed and I'm being grumpy. That's it. I mean, I'm just being miserable for like two days. And in the middle of that, a friend of mine sends me a text from, from, um, from Virginia. Thank you, Francis, if you ever watched this. And it was from Psalm, it was Psalm 62, verse 7 and, and verse 8. And it's all about trusting in the Lord. And Psalm 62, 8 says this. It says, pour out your heart to the Lord, all you people. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know, in my strength, 
which was actually really miserable weakness. Fake strength. I'm not actually in the process of pouring my heart out to the Lord. What I'm doing is trying to have it all together. And the moment that I started to be vulnerable with the Lord and say, actually, Lord, I I just don't have it together. And I'm really worried and I'm full of fear and I don't know what the outcome is and I don't know how I'm going to do it and 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 all this stuff. And as soon as I released that, I actually stepped into another realm of intimacy with the Holy Spirit because I was able to pour out my heart. Pouring out my heart is being vulnerable. Yeah, so we we cultivate um, vulnerability with the Father and some of us might think, oh, that just happens. But actually, it's an invitation because, again, he's not a controlling father. He allows us to hold on to our stuff and go around the mountain again. But he invites us to, to be vulnerable with him. So, and then, But then there's also the, the dynamic of as, as we become more vulnerable with him, it enables us to, to kind of get healing for our hearts and to have encounters like Murray did with the Lord. You know, just that scripture really jumped out to him just at the right time. It was the perfect thing rather than him running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to fix it or find a solution. Or he was able, or, yeah, or he was able to rest in the Father's love, you know, showing him, um, it's okay, let your heart you know, open to me. And as we, as we progressively experience that, we're able to, to then cultivate that kind of vulnerability, which leads to intimacy with others around us. And that's the invitation as part of the family is, is with others. And so I'll just let you, let you into my life a little bit. (laughs) So I, um, I grew up, I'm the first Christian in my family. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, but I, uh, because of some of the family dynamics and the experiences and, and some of the pain and that, I, um, my parents divorced when I was 13 and there was some, you know, there was a bit of trauma for me in, in some of the, the family life around that and then other, some other circumstances as well. And then, so then my reaction to the pain and the trauma was um, I, I started to have these issues of trust and specifically trusting men and so and and not just it kind of moved into all men I'll share why in a second but initially it was men who are kind of um, important to me I had real issues of of trusting that men were going to be safe and good for me those men who are important or or figures in my life that I should be able to rely on and then but then I had um, three boyfriends before I dated Murray and each one of them actually cheated on me with another girl and so my heart um so I, I had some struggles in my family life and then it was um kind of um, made true to me in, in my relationships with other male figures as well. And so I had these major trust issues, like, can I really trust you to be there for me? Can I trust you at your word? Will you, um, will you tell me the truth? Uh, will you treat me as, as I deserve to be treated? Or, or am I going to not really know what's going on? And I'm going to have to try and figure it out for myself. And, and so I had all of these issues in my heart. And, and so I filtered most of, of my relationships with men in that way. And so I, my response to that was, I'm 
I'm gonna, and, and then also because of some of the dynamics in my family, I, I became very independent and I got used to doing things myself. I got used to taking care of myself. I got used to um, looking after myself, looking after my younger sisters. I got used to, I can hold it together. I, wanted, I, I felt like I needed to look after my mum and make sure she was okay. I would look after my friends. In fact, my friends would call me mum. I was the one that would take care of them when they'd had too much to drink and I'd drive them home or I'd bring them back to my house. And, and so I, I started to, it's, it's almost like I learned, well, nobody else is going to be there for me. I need to, I need to kind of pull myself up and take care of myself and because I can't trust people and men to be there for me. So I, I had this independence. And so when Murray and I got married, when we met and, and, and I got saved around the same time, I didn't magically change. I mean, obviously, it's the truth is, is that in that moment when I said yes to Jesus, he, he made me a new creation. But my earthly body and, and some of the, the battle in my mind had to catch up with that reality. So it's been a process for me of learning to trust and learning to, to be vulnerable again. And Murray was the, the poor guy that I had to practice, start practicing that on. And, and so you, you guys who are married, you know what it's like. You have... You both have your own backgrounds and then you come together and you bring double the stuff into the marriage and it seems to just poke the buttons, doesn't it? And because our, our heavenly dad wants us to be really free, he wants yeah. us to have a healthy relationship yeah. and he wants to open up the path of vulnerability to get to that place of intimacy. So so I had to, when Murray would, would so he was supposed to be coming home from work and he um, was going to come home for dinner. I had dinner already and that he, he was working in a really high-pressured job and so sometimes he wouldn't tell me that he wasn't going to make it home for dinner and I'd be sitting at home and be thinking, where is he? Is he off with another woman? Like I'd go straight to the, the um, you know, what, what, is he being unfaithful? Is he being, I can't trust him? And, and rather than being vulnerable and sharing this with him, or sharing it with someone else, I'd tell myself, well, that's just stupid, and you've just got to hold yourself together, and don't worry, you can take care of yourself, you don't need Murray, you can look after yourself. And so I would, I would get independent, and, and I wouldn't kind of lay down and, and be vulnerable and open. So for me, I've been on this journey of learning and, and being healed and experiencing my heavenly daddy's love, where he's showing me that he's never left me, he's always been with me, and he is faithful and I can trust him. He's given me, he's loved me with an everlasting love. So having encounters with my heavenly daddy as he peels back the layers and shows me and demonstrates his love to me, I, he heals my heart. Then I've been, I, 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 I got to start practicing the outworking of that with my earthly relationships. And so I, I started to be able to express need to say to Murray, I need you to call me or text me when you're not going to be home. I, that's actually a need that I have. And then I had to, that, that's being vulnerable because Murray could still not meet that need. But I, I started on this journey where, where I would say, these are some of the crazy things that go through my head when you're not, when you don't come home or you don't text me. And I, I opened myself up to vulnerability with my husband to ta start taking the journey of in intimacy with him. Which is always really helpful because when you get home and you have, your wife has an overreaction because you didn't come home an hour when you thought you were going to. 
It's helpful to understand what's going on behind, otherwise you're like, what's Who wrong with Who is this nutter? Woman? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a, we also had an experience when I was pregnant with our first daughter, Hannah, and then all the other girls. I got severe morning sickness, like, like continual vomiting. I ended up being in hospital and, and being, you know, going on a drip and everything. It was quite rough. But um, I... I, I, I was forced into this place of, I'd been the one who could hold things together, but I was forced into this place of, I can't do this. Murray was working, you know, long hours with KPMG as an accountant, and he couldn't just take time off whenever I needed him. So he had to keep going to work to earn for our family. And, and I had to humble myself and and be vulnerable and say to people around me I need your help I need help to get food I need help to um, you know clean my house I need help to just even wash our clothes I and I had to open myself up in that in that in those experiences to allow other people to come in and meet my need and it was hard, honestly. It was hard initially, but it, it, it the the friendships that I had forged, deep friendship, deep intimacy, where when I had been in people's homes at my worst, like burst blood vessels all over my face because I couldn't stop throwing up, throwing up blood, and and just laying in my pajamas on someone's sofa and letting them weight on me and my child, my other children when I, it was, it, I, the relationships are lifelong from that. Yeah, it's true. So I just want to ask you, the other thing, one other thing I just want to say is it, it, cultivating intimacy, cultivating vulnerability with um, family members as well. I've, I've, you know, when your children are little, you can have quite a lot of control over things, but as they grow, you, you start to see the areas that you've made mistakes and your children become adults and they're able to express things to you that maybe, you know, you've done that have hurt them. And I've had some experiences recently, I'm very happy to share, where my, my, a couple of my girls have come to me and they've said, Mum, you know, because they're walking through their own healing and we've always said to them, you know, we know we, we, we've done the best job that we can, but we're imperfect. So please go for healing. And it's okay for you to share your experiences with a safe person and, and, and the father and get healed. And, and let us know, because we want to be able to apologize where we need to. You say that, but then when they come to you, <laughs> I'm just going to be real here, right? I'm like, I'm sitting at the table and one of the girls is expressing some of her pain and I've been part of that pain and I've been part of what's held some of the, my misguided stuff has, my own wounds has helped her form the ungodly parts of her character that are causing certain behaviours. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, what the freak, what the freak, oh gosh, oh gosh, I tried so hard. You know, I, I, Jesus, I love you and I'm just trying. And, and, and what's coming up in me is I want to defend myself. I want to justify, I want to say, but I tried hard and this is not, that's not what I meant, this is what I meant. But I'm learning that actually the best thing is for me to be vulnerable and say, I blew it, I made a mistake. I'm sorry once again. So I am sorry, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) So who do we need to be vulnerable with? Not everybody. We cannot have 
deep, intimate connection with everybody that we come into contact with. That's impossible and very exhausting. We're not, it's not humanly possible. So the invitation as we're, as we're walking the, ju- the journey of greater intimacy with others is, is to start to be vulnerable with a few trusted people, to find a group of people that you can open your heart up to and invite them in and give them the power of knowing some of your deepest fears, your deepest concerns, the longings of your heart, your biggest dreams, and allow the journey of gradual trust building where they get to hold those things with you and and cheer you on and cry with you and hug you and love you. That's the invitation that we each find a few people that we can open our hearts up to and they will open their hearts up to us and we can share. So I want to encourage you, there are people here that that the Father wants you to have deep relationship with, to have intimate relationship with, but you need to make yourself vulnerable. You need to open yourself up and invite them in and show your weakness and if, you, if that fails, if they disappoint you, you try again and you keep trying and you will find people. And as we do that, as a community with a few people, join an Ignite group. Connect with people who have, a similar, have similar interests to you or whatever. But it's possible in this, in this community with the people that we have here for us to find those relationships and connect and build deep friends and as we do that, the whole community gets to experience in those small groups. As a whole, we get to experience just a deep intimacy. And this is a place that the world will long to come in and be a part of. I'm not saying physically right here, although that will probably happen too. But as they see the, the way that you relate to each other, the way you love each other, even in your weakness, they will say, I want that. I want that. And that's what Jesus wants. I want Jesus. That's, they want, they'll want Jesus as they see this. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it sounds easy and it sounds terrifying at the same time, right? <laughs> um, to think about opening up, particularly for some of us, we actually have a bunch of fig leaves that we have to have the Holy Spirit to bring healing to. Yeah. Um, you know, that there's, I think one of the reasons why I just love the Father's love and my, in my own journey, experiencing more of God's love for me has actually enabled me to be more open and more transparent, right? I, I, like to, I heard from somebody, I've taken it as my own, that grace makes truth possible. It makes it safe to be me. If I know that I'm unconditionally loved by the Father and he knows everything about me already, then I'm okay to just be myself and actually progressively let other people into that place and and yeah. and, and so so Jesus is part of Jesus's mission was to come and undo the ref, uh, the effects of the curse right and so for us we, part of our journey is to let go of some of the fig leaves so for me one of those things was shame you know shame says that you're uniquely and fatally flawed there's something physically there's not something just it's not just that what you do it's who you are if you feel shame about yourself you're going to say you know and m- part of my own um journey that I've been working through is getting through this fear of if you really knew me, then you would reject me. 
If you really knew what I was like, then you wouldn't like me. And that's actually too painful. So I'm going to hide myself and I'm going to project that I've got it all together and that I know what I'm doing. But actually, that's just a, a cover up for the fact that underneath all of this, I actually feel like I'm a total failure. And that's something that the Holy Spirit has had to be, you know, he's been working on my heart to say, okay, the, you know, this this view of yourself where you feel like really deep down you're nothing and a nobody, that's not true. I love you. Ephesians chapter one, verse six says that we are accepted in the beloved. Shame would say, well, that acceptance is that you've just scraped through. You've just hit the pass mark. You know, the pass mark was, you've got 50% and you're just there. You know, it's like, but you have to work really hard to get in. Whereas actually what the Bible's, what Paul's writing there is that you're accepted, that you are blessed, that you are loved, that you're cherished. And if, if I know that I'm loved and I'm cherished, no matter what I've done, but it's because of Jesus's choice of me, where he said, I choose you. All of that shame, I can say to him, ah, actually, I feel a little shameful about this. I feel like there's something wrong with me. And he comes and he speaks life into my heart and he brings about transformation, right? Yeah. People pleasing would be another one that goes with that. You know, I want you to like me, so I'm going to do my very best to not present the parts that, think, that I think will cause you to not like me. So I'm going to show you all the good parts. I'm going to show you what my life is like. You've got a bit of a bug about that with social media, haven't you? <laughs> I love social media. I think it's wonderful. But I, I feel like it can be a little bit dangerous as well when we're trying to uh, create uh, relationships that are really authentic and vulnerable and letting ourselves really be known because there's this kind of thing that um, gets us uh, wanting the approval of others and comparing, comparison. I feel like it feeds the beast of comparison. You know, for these young mums, I, I feel for them, you know, because everyone posts all these amazing pictures on their Instagram or Facebook and the amazing house photos. And I bless you all if you do this. I love looking at them. But I'm like, I want to come around to your house and see what it's really like. Because <laughs> I've been there, baby. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's like we, we, there's this pressure to kind of market ourselves, to get people to like us. And the way we do that is making ourselves look really all together and good and really stylish. And my baby is so cute and they are all really cute. And I, I'm just like, just enjoy the cuteness. You know, it's, it's just enjoy it, mess and all. And I just want you to know if you come, I like cleanliness. Like I, I love having my house clean. But if you come round to my house, you can pop in anytime. Uh, well, I mean, as long as you can pop in anytime, as long as you're okay with me saying now's not a good time. But um, I, but you might come round to my house. We have two dogs and I love them, but they're like the bane of my clean life. And, and you come round to my house. If you're cold, I could roll you on the floor and cover you. You in a in a nice um, fluffy blanket. jacket of dog hair. So <laughs> anyway, so I'm just saying I, I think social media is great, but we need to just I want to encourage um, us. Let's not get caught up in the comparison or the performance or or it's just dangerous. Let's we can celebrate each other, yeah. but. Some other fig leaves, fear of failure, fear of rejection, control, past hurts and walls, judgments and pride. You know, those things really block us off. They, they cause us to the, become, the, the fear of being vulnerable is more than we can 
cope with and so we hide. But the truth is that we, what, the, the, if we know Jesus, if we have said yes to Jesus, we actually have the one who was incredibly vulnerable and incredibly humble, who now lives on the inside yes. of us. You know, I, 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 if you study the humility and the vulnerability of Jesus, it is incredible how he was able to al- allow people to help him take, you know, he had women take care of his needs in various parts, you know, of the, of, you know, when he's at the Pharisee's house, a woman came and washed his feet. He was able to, you know, ask for need. He was to turn aside to the father in the garden of Gethsemane. He's saying, I don't think I can do this. Please help me. You know, there's, he's very, very open and very, very vulnerable and very, very humble and and okay with not being like the super strong one. And the good news is in the gospel, he lives on the inside of us and we have the power of the Holy Spirit who is there to help us to overcome all the fears and the failures and the blockages and all the history that we've had to, to, in a sense, cover the past and its shame and to release us to keep stepping forward into greater realms of intimacy with him so that we can actually not just, you know, we can have a deeper relationship with him that he's won for us, but that actually we get to be ourselves and be free to be us in our community together and bring other people into that community where they themselves get to free to be themselves. Yes. You know, we, we love it when we, are, we have the weak and the strong together being tender with ourselves, being tender with people around us that actually enable us to have really deep relationship. So what we would like to do is, we're going to take communion this morning because we actually really want to celebrate and um, enjoy what Jesus has paid for and dealt with. And actually by making himself the most vulnerable unto death, getting pinned to the cross, allowing those that he was dying for to, to, to punish and beat and torture and shame him. Yeah. And, and, and we today want to celebrate that he did that for us. Yeah. And in that, he has um, made a way for us to, be, to access the vulnerability, to be okay with letting ourselves be known but also the joy of being a community together who, who are on this journey of ever-deepening relationships, ever-deepening intimacy with each other. So I'd like to invite you. We're going to do this all together, so not in family groups, but you're going to get your um, juice and crackers from the table around the auditorium and then come back quickly because we want to take time just to encounter the Father's love and to kind of give him any fig leaves that are still hanging on by a thread this morning. So if you want to go and get get your juice and your crackers and then come back and we're going to take communion individually, but all together individually. Yeah, thank you, Lord. The, you know, the, the, the glorious news of the gospel is that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from our sin, but he's also transformed us by the power of the Holy Spirit and made us new. 
And so I actually want to invite you to stand, if you would, please, once you've got your juice and your crackers. If, I mean, if you want to sit, you can sit, but uh, be, be free. But, you know, we, Jesus said on the night that he was uh, going to go to the cross as he was with his friends, being in a, a very intimate, very vulnerable moment, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, take it and eat it. This is my body that's broken for you. Himself to be broken, that we could come into his heart. And then he took the wine and he, and he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, the, the blood, my, my blood that's poured out and shed for you. And that is for the freedom and the forgiveness of sins. And our what we're celebrating this morning is that in that moment on the cross, as Ash was saying, in his vulnerability, in his humility, and in his shame, lying, standing, you know, hanging naked on the cross, what Jesus has done for us, he's breathed into humanity, new life, and breathed into us the power to be vulnerable and to stand in God's love and to be open to what he has for us and to be open to those around us. I want you just to take a moment in your heart just to draw near to Jesus and just to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you. Thank you for making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. For being humble. For allowing yourself the incarnation and then even to the death on the cross where we now get to experience the life that you have for us. For confining yourself to the place of weakness on our behalf for us. And we just say, Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shared for us to set us free, to forgive us of our sins. To heal us. To heal us. To release your life and your power to us. And his resurrection and his ascension where he sent the power of the Holy Spirit to us. Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Just draw near to God. Just take a moment just to worship him. strong, independent. Maybe it's being afraid that people won't really like you as you are. So you feel like you have to change who you are. Maybe you feel like you have to have all the answers. Maybe you you struggle with comparison. It's the fig leaf of comparison. Or having to put other people down to make yourself feel better.
Jesus, we just today, I thank you that that you are removing those fig leaves once and for all. I just keep hearing Jesus say, it is finished. And maybe, maybe we've been running for a little while and trying really hard. But today, he's saying, it is finished. Today, we, we say yes to your embrace, the embrace of your safe arms, Jesus. We, we don't want to run anymore or hide ourselves anymore. We say yes to opening up our hearts, to being dependent on you and even depending on others. We let go of false strength. We let go of independence and we embrace interdependence where we depend on each other and where we depend on you, Father. And we just say yes to having your eyes for seeing ourselves with your eyes which is amazing and loved but it's also not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought we say yes to the humility that you have for us for embracing that Jesus Jesus